we're human beings, we're energy. So if that energy isn't being grounded out, just like the electricity in your home has to be grounded or else there's gonna be a fire or a burnout, just like you. Hello, and welcome to the Anxious and Ambitious podcast. I'm your host, Nicole, and I'm on a mission to change the way that we think about anxiety. Oftentimes, it can feel like anxiety can get in the way of our ambitions, and I'm here to tell a different story. In each episode, we'll explore how we can manage our anxiety, heal our nervous system, and conquer our fears so we can shine as our most authentic self, go after our biggest dreams, and achieve our greatest ambitions. You'll hear stories from people who have been there themselves and strategies from experts who can help you thrive. Are you ready? Let's do this. Today, I am joined by Stephanie Jameson. Through intuitive work and coaching, Stephanie is committed to helping others connect with spirit as well as offer guidance that can help heal inner child wounding, karmic patterns, and conditioned beliefs that keep them from living in alignment with the abundance they are truly worthy of. Stephanie is a two-time Simon & Schuster published author, and she's very passionate about helping others to unlearn and relearn as they move through their awakening transformation. She enjoys helping others bridge the gap between logic and spirit as they begin to courageously honor and align with their heart's wisdom, which I just love. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you. Yeah, amazing. I have a lot that I want to cover. I really just want to dive right in. Go for it. (laughs) (laughs) I'd love to hear a little bit about when you first discovered that you were a intuitive empath and a psychic medium. So I think, you know, with that, I've kind of always known, you know, we all tend to just know, but my path has been that I suppressed it for a really long time, which tends to be the path for a lot of intuitive intuitive empaths or mediums. Um, so, you know, I've always been kind of different since I was a kid, you know, everyone around me was always like, Oh, Stephanie and her weird dreams, you know, cause I would have dreams that would come true. And I would tell people like, Hey, so-and-so came through in my dream and told me to tell you this. <laughs> and they would be like, that's so crazy. How did you know that? I don't know. You know, so it was kind of like that, but it wasn't until I started hitting like my late twenties, early thirties that I really started going, okay, there's something to this. Um, I was being called by the universe more and more and more to help people, but I didn't know how. And my intuitive gifts got stronger. The synchronicities got more in depth. And then I went through what so many people on this planet are going through right now, which was my own spiritual awakening. And as I was led towards learning how to choose love over fear and got moved through some serious reconditioning or unlearning and then relearning, you know, getting rid of that conditioning, um, tuning into my own voice, my psychic abilities just got stronger. And it was because I was learning how to tune into the energy of love more. Like so many people on this planet, I was choosing fear every day. I was choosing worry, anxiety, doubt, um, you know, resentment, anger, frustration, you know, impatience over love, which is gratitude and hope and faith and contentment and, you know, letting go of the need to control. And so I ended up getting sick and I'm not somebody who typically gets sick. I ended up having a really bad issue with my kidney. I had a massive kidney stone. And I remember the doctor at the hospital saying to me, like, what is going on in your life? You know, if this doesn't, 
if this doesn't come or run in your family, then like what's going on? Because kidney stones are actually attached to stress. And so that was like a number one clue there, even though I had already known that I was kind of just miss go, 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 like so many of us are, um, I was forced to sit in bed and I ended up getting sick. And what do you do when you're in bed? You feel. And the more I felt and the more I honored my emotions and listened to more of what my heart was saying to me, the stronger the intuitive knowing became. And I, and I really do feel like that's what so many people are being moved through right now, especially if you're a sensitive, mm-hmm. you know, we are so taught to think first, then feel. I had to get moved through the process of learning how to feel first, then act. Mm, I love that so much. You know, that's so true. So many of us act or think without even paying attention to those feelings. So how have you gotten more in tune with your intuition and your inner feelings? So for me, I just slowly started meditating. Um, I've always meditated, but not consistently until I hit my awakening. So, you know, before it was like maybe once or twice a month. Um, And I found myself super, super drawn towards meditation. I would just go outside and I wouldn't even listen to meditation music. I would just listen to what was going on around me. And I kept just feeling like I wanted to see what I could hear going on around me as I was going through the slowdown. And so I would go out in my backyard and I would just listen to like the birds chirp, or I would listen to kids running down the street or, and I would kind of see how much I could hear going on at once to see if I was really in tune. And then I started listening to binaural beats, meditations. Of course, all of us sensitives are super drawn towards oracle cards because oracle cards are that beautiful little tool that keeps us, you know, um, it keeps that ego in check. Like, you know, this helps with the the logistics of the awakening, right? So of course I went towards that. And then all of a sudden there were certain things that happened in my life, um, in my personal life, where I started to realize that there were certain chapters that began to make sense from like childhood through that moment. And I went, oh, here it is. Oh, here it is. So of course, just like so many people, I have karma, right? You know, and there was, there was some stuff there that I had to um, heal a lot of shadow work. And as I did that, and the more I healed myself and the less codependent I became, the more I, tr- I turned um, inwards and stopped looking, looking outside of myself for validation, stopped caring what friends, family, or, or, or so-called friends, you know, cared about or felt and stopped caring about what people were going to think of my uniqueness, the stronger my psychic abilities became. So I went through this massive process of yet again, learning how to tune in, choose love over fear. Um, and as I did that, it just got stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. So I really do feel like that's a big part of what I'm here to teach, which is obviously you said you've seen some of my work. So, yeah, that's so cool. And I mean, I think for a lot of us, especially when we first enter the awakening journey, it's easy to want to just do all of the learning, right? Like absorbing new knowledge, going and learning from teachers, but it's really important that we do that unlearning work too. That's yeah. A big, of, a big part of what I do is that there's a lot of people who come to me who are heavily conditioned, whether it was through what society has taught them, whether it's through what religion has taught them or mom and dad has taught them. They come to me and they go, Oh, oh, that makes more sense. Yeah. 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 And I know unlearning has been like a huge process for me that I'm still continuing on the journey of. Um, I really had my awakening a lot 
maybe more recently than you. I'm not sure. When was your awakening, Stephanie? Um, well, I mean, I feel like we're always awakening, but that, yeah. big, that big initial, um, that initiation period happened at the magical age of 33. Oh, that's so fun. I yeah. love that. Yeah, wow. it started happening, I would say right around 27 was when I really started feeling like, okay, but I didn't actually listen and really start taking action until I was 33. It just became so loud. It was, un- it was unbearable and quite uncomfortable. Mm, yeah. And I mean, that discomfort is so real, especially when you're on that awakening journey or when you don't fully understand what your gifts are and your sensitivities. Mm-hmm. So how has anxiety tied in with your awakening journey? Oh my goodness, girl. So number one, in order for you to even be um, able to do this type of work, whether it, you know any type of healing work, um, you have to be grounded, right? So a big part of anxiety is not being grounded. So not doing things on a daily basis to ground your energy. That plays a huge role. And, you know, number one, just not just like what I'm doing, but, but in your human experience, you can't tune in to what the divine is saying to you if you are dwelling in the vibration of fear. So anxiety is typically you trying to control something right? So you're either, you know, worried about the past or you're worried about the future or whatever the case may be, you're trying to control an outcome. So I had to learn how to not do that. And it's very challenging, very challenging. So I had to learn how to come into this place of um, accepting where I was in the moment, which was very hard, right? Really trusting that the more I did that and um, got myself into a place of daily mantras, physical exercise, um, creative projects, anything that brought me back into the now really helped with my anxiety. And being somebody who is an entrepreneur, I've been an entrepreneur since I was 23, 24. Um, I've always ran small businesses or done something entrepreneurial like, um, you know, we're go, 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 go. And so the anxiety actually kind of helped me slow down because I knew something wasn't right anymore. So if you can befriend your anxiety and you can actually honor it for what it is trying to tell you, because it's a messenger, you don't have to stick in it. You don't have to stay in it. But if you can honor it and go, okay, some, it's, it's a messenger saying something isn't right. You're not, you're not honoring yourself. You're not slowing down. You're not, you know, what is it that you're ignoring? What is it that you're needing? And you go, oh, okay. All right. I'm not an anxious mess. I'm just not in alignment. Or I have so much energy coming through to me from spirit or the universe. I'm an empath. I I absorb everybody else's stuff um, possible because there's boundary issues or whatever. If I can learn how to tune in and slow down, my anxiety actually becomes my friend, right? Mm. Because it tells you when something's off. Yes. And I think that that point is so key because a lot of the time we hate our anxiety or we wish we could just let it go away, right? You always hear, oh, just let it go. But the thing is, is that we really do have to slow down and listen to what it has to say, because I feel like there's always something there that it has to teach us. I think that's why it's so common for people who are so ambitious and in this entrepreneurial space to also be experiencing that anxiety on the way. I don't know a single empath, sensitive, medium, entrepreneur, soulpreneur, boss, babe, whatever. I don't know a single one who doesn't experience that. We're human beings. We're energy. So if that energy isn't being grounded out, 
just like the electricity in your home has to be grounded or else there's going to be a fire or a burnout, just like you. Right. So you'll have that same thing happen to you. So it's super important to understand first and foremost that your energy and if you have anxiety, then it's just to slow down and say, hey, what do I need in this moment? What do I need in this moment right now? I don't need to know the whole picture. I don't know how it's all going to happen. But what do I need in this moment? If it's to simply just take a deep breath, get some water, go for a walk, whatever, punch a punching bag, do that. Right. Yes. Yes. Whatever's going to get you into the moment. But that being said, as somebody who is, you know, experiencing all these different energies and oftentimes absorbing energies from around you, it can sometimes be difficult to find that place of presence and that peace within yourself. So what are some resources or practices that have really helped you to find that grounding? Sure. Um, for me right away, it's usually journaling. I am a writer, obviously I've written two books, but what's funny about that is that I wasn't ever intending to be a writer. Um, my journals actually came from meditating. So I would write down what I saw or I experienced during meditation. And then a couple years later, the universe aligned me with an opportunity to have a book deal and then another book deal. And so I looked back at those journals and I went, oh, that's interesting. Right. But in that moment, um, when I was having massive panic attacks, because I went through serious anxiety, just like, I mean, the awakening path is not easy. You know, you're, you're unlearning everything, you know, it can be very destabilizing. And then you are being guided to trust in something that's not logical. Right. So when I would have these moments, I would go through things like dark night of the soul, or I would have um, panic attacks. I would just start writing everything that I was feeling all of it. And it just brought me into this place of just, okay, my logical mind needs to see this written out on paper to be calm. So I know I'm not crazy. Right. Um, another thing that I did, especially in the beginning was, um, I'm a creative, uh, so I would make jewelry. Uh, I would do photography. I, um, I have a really great friend who loves, she's a beautiful artist. So she would have me like paint rocks with her and we would go like hide rocks around the place, you know, because like she just loved to give to kids and stuff. And so like, I just did anything that just simply makes you focus on the now. You don't have to be all in meditative pose trying to calm your mind. That's never going to work. You have to do something practical. You're a spiritual and a physical being. So um, another thing that worked beautifully for me that I still implement to this day is going to the gym. Get your butt moving. I don't know about you, but for me, I usually tend to have tons of epiphanies during that time. I feel empowered. Um, I feel like my, my team is talking to me like crazy when I'm just working out and getting the energy out of me. So there's so many things that you can do. Um, but basically to simplify it, I would just say, go do something that makes you feel good. That makes you focus on the now. That's it. Mm, that's so beautifully put. And those are some great ideas. So thank you for sharing. And I know in one of your books, it's like the happy empaths workbook, right? Yeah, that's the first book. Uh huh. Yeah. And so what are some like exercises? Obviously, you can't share the entire book. But what are oh, some no. key exercises from in there that you feel like can really help to kind of come to that place of presence? So there's a couple quizzes in there that are really great. So if, if you have someone who's listening to the podcast now who are starting to kind of wonder like, oh, am I intuitive? Am I, you know, do I have these gifts? There's a great 
um, quiz in there. There's two actually um, to just kind of prompt you through to see if you're experiencing some of the things that, you know, we kind of experience on the awakening path. Um, everyone who has worked on that has, I get so many messages and it's so, I feel so honored people going, because of that book, I realized this. And thank you for putting that out there. Um, then there's also grounding techniques in there. Um, I talk about breath of fire, yoga, pranayama, the importance of using grounding stones, crystals, and how they work on the body. You know, a lot of people dismiss crystals as woo-woo, but here's the thing about crystals. They are basically like tuning forks, right? So you are an energetic being, you are vibrating, you are an instrument. And what does every instrument need? tuning. So if you get a grounding stone, such as, um, smoky quartz or black tourmaline, or, you know, whatever it is that you feel drawn towards beautiful, beautiful tools to ground yourself. And, and my book kind of goes into that. I mean, there's so much in there. There's Oracle tips in there. Um, and then there's practical advice as well. So, you know, you may be feeling an anxious or I'm having a hard time navigating your awakening path because you're stuck in a codependent relationship. And you're looking outside of yourself for the validation, or you may have a hard time with boundaries. So there's so many little tips and tools in there for sensitives, but honestly, for people in general, um, I didn't pick the name of my book. My publisher did. So I was like, oh, it encompasses so much more than that. But um, they, they chose, they chose the title. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's totally fair. And I mean, it has a good hook. It definitely drew me in. Um, but I love that you share so many different tools in there. And I know your other book, I guess your second book then is about affirmations. And I yeah. know like just as crystals are like, I love that you mentioned that because I know discovering crystals has been huge for me. And while for a long time, I totally dismissed them like, oh yeah, of course that expensive piece of rock is going to help calm me. But yeah. seriously, if you are listening and you have not tried anything with crystals, I would definitely recommend it. hundred percent. And put them on your third eye. One of the, one of the most and one of the biggest things that I see with a lot of sensitives is that their third eyes are very active, right? So we've got energy that comes down through the crown into the third eye, into the throat, where a lot of sensitives have a hard time speaking their truth and the energy can get stuck here. Okay. So when the energy is stuck there and it has nowhere to go, what do you feel? <gasps> Heart palpitations. You feel anxious. You feel nervous. And it may not even be anything but stuck energy that needs to come out, right? So I learned a couple of years ago, it's a beautiful little technique. You know, take a piece of, um, like petrified wood or black tourmaline and just stick it on your forehead and just lay there or stick it on your chest and just lay there and notice the difference. Um, there's tons of science behind if you take black tourmaline and I think it's obsidian and you stick it in front of a microwave, you actually can't pick up the radioactive waves anymore. It blocks them. Wow. Yeah. There's, there's videos on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Wow. I have not seen that before, but I have experienced obsidian and black tourmaline. And I can definitely say that it, it is unreal how much it helps me, even just like a little tiny piece of it. Yeah. Amber is great too, for anybody who's wanting to just kind of keep their biofield clear. Hmm. Amber. That's interesting. Yeah. I've heard Amber is really good for, for throat type issues as well. Like throat yeah. chakra. That would things. make sense. I mean, it just, it's a, it's a purifier. So that would make sense. Right, right. And so in addition to crystals, I like that you also, you know, you talk about affirmations, because I know affirmations have been huge for me. So right. what are some like, I guess, what are like the top three affirmations that you use most often? 
Okay. So the reason I, I did an, an affirmations book is because I myself, which many of your listeners are probably going through or will go through, um, relearning. So there's this unlearning and relearning thing that happens where you are programmed. We are so programmed from the time we are kids through now, um, by society every day to believe or think or, and we put these limits on ourselves, right? So what I started doing was I just kind of started writing down what it was that I was thinking when I was, um, in those moments of darkness or sadness or anxiety. And so, um, what I noticed one time when I was at the gym, years ago. Um, this is how much I used to go to the gym and ground myself. We had a blizzard where I was and I was like, Nope, going to the gym. It's the only way to handle my anxiety. I got to go to the gym. And I was the only one at the gym. The gym stayed open, but I was there. And what I noticed is as I was on the elliptical machine, I started saying things to myself, like I am strong. I am capable. I am worthy. I am strong. I am capable. I am worthy. And I would just say it over and over and over again. And I got to the point on the elliptical at that time where, um, I said it so much that I started crying because I realized I didn't believe it, right? In that moment, I just didn't believe it with the level up that was occurring. And then with other things that I started uh, getting moved through, I started writing things down like I am worthy of an equal energy exchange because I was realizing that I wasn't getting back what I was giving to everyone else. And that's something that a lot of sensitives go through is that they are over givers, they are over lovers. And that comes from being brought up um, in a codependent situation or mother healing issues, father healing issues, anything like that, where the sensitive was taught to, to give and not receive. And that was definitely my story. I mean, anybody who knows me knows that I give, I'm a giver. <laughs> and so um, that's a big one for people who are on that path. Um, I'm exactly where I'm meant to be in this moment. That's powerful too. Um, I added in this moment because sometimes when you're anxious and you're freaking out, you only have moment to moment to watch those thoughts. So if second to second, you're going, okay, in this moment, I'm good. All right. In this moment, I'm good. In this moment, I'm good. It's all good. I'm fine. I'm exactly where I'm meant to be right now. And you just kind of let go. It really kind of helps ground you out. So I would say those are probably my top three. I still use them. Um, and I do recommend doing them with mirror work. So when I drive in my car, if I'm at a stoplight, sometimes if I'm having moments of doubt, just like everyone else, I, I'm here to learn and grow and I have my moments still. And I will look at myself in the mirror and I will say, you are strong, you are capable, you are worthy you know, or you're a beautiful intuitive, you have purpose, you know, just little things to just reprogram. Because if you're not doing that for yourself, who, who's going to do it? Who's going to do it? And it's, I think it's, um, what was it? I was, I saw the other day, I think you have to say something to yourself. I think it's 21 times before the mind actually starts to believe it. And so what happened was over this, this period of seven days, 14 days, 21 days of me doing this in the beginning was that what I noticed is when a negative thought would come into my mind, my affirmation would kick in. And it was almost like I had like an iOS update for my brain. And so it was like, oh, it's okay that I had that thought, but now I'm going to think of A, B, C, D, right? And I've cho I chose to focus on that powerful, powerful things. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And in that way, it almost, your affirmations helped you to listen to that voice of love instead of that voice of fear, right? Yes. It was incredibly empowering. Um, anybody who's worked with me, I've, I've just started getting into some heavy duty coaching. Like I do group coaching and, uh, 
I have like a 90 day accelerator program and all that kind of stuff. And so anybody who's worked with me, they always go, I always feel so empowered after you. And that makes me feel so good because I had to get myself to that place of empowerment. And anybody who's been anxious or ambitious or, or, you know, leveling up in any kind of way, you often have to find that empowerment within yourself first, before you can even begin to get into alignment with what's meant for you. Mm, that's so true. And I love how you mentioned this um, topic of alignment, because I know for a lot of us, a lot of the time when we're going towards certain ambitions, if it's misaligned with who we are, then it creates this feeling of anxiety. And especially when you're going down this sort of new path, right? Like as a empath or as an intuitive, like there's not schools, I mean, more and more so we're having more support, but it's not like the school system is like supporting who you are. And if anything, people are just throwing all this fear on you. So how has that been for you? Or how have you, I guess, created an environment that can support your empathy? So I am going to say something that might trigger some people here, but it's going to be good for your growth. Um, I had to spend a lot of time alone and I had to lose a lot of people people who I thought I was going to be with forever. I had to stop caring about what other people thought. And I just had to really go within. Um, I've had to deal with some serious, you know, projections and insecurities and um, hate being thrown my way or whatever. But it was like, I had to go within. And the more I do that and continue to do that, the more I align with what's meant for me, because I'm becoming more and more a vibrational match for that very thing, because love and fear don't live in the same place. So the more I I tune into that, um, the stronger that alignment happens. And and it really is like you were saying, um, for a lot of sensitives, we're pioneering something here, because there's a massive awakening happening on this planet. You know, we're moving into the age of Aquarius, where codependency is not going to be a thing anymore, the feminine's rising. The, the, the feminine is the heart, the masculine is the mind. So the masculine needs to learn how to be in service to the heart because the masculine is the tool. So when you find that sacred union from within yourself, as within, so without, you become more of an energetic match for the very thing that you want. And it can start with affirmations going back to that. I used to envision, I, I used to envision myself um, doing what you and I are doing right now talking to people on the computer, coaching people, um, helping people all around the world awaken. I visualized that. Then I had to, I had to remember that that really is who I am. And the more I programmed that, the more I allowed myself to trust, tune in, the more I aligned. I hope that that answers your question. I kind of went off on a tangent there, but (laughs) no, that was perfect. That was beautifully put. And I think this inner work cannot be like overstated for creating that alignment? No. And that's something also my first book talks about is this is a crap ton of shadow work. I I mean, the version of Stephanie that you see today talking to on this podcast, you know, I had to go through 50 version upgrades before I would even be comfortable enough to even be seen. You know, a lot of times sensitives are scared to just simply be seen. And that, because, you know, we've got fear of persecution and fear of rejection and, you know, all that stuff. So I feel like if you could just learn how to um, understand that this is a path that cannot be rushed, trust me, I've tried it. It cannot be rushed. And again, you're exactly where you're meant to be in that moment. You'll be able to kind of align with that path a little bit more smoothly 
and it'll just get a little bit easier, you know, because you won't be trying to force something. Mm, yeah. And you mentioned something about people not aligning and it causing anxiety as well. Yeah. You want to listen to that because if you hate your nine to five, or if you hate what you do every day, you're not in alignment with what it is that you're supposed to be doing. And I was kind of getting to that point, you know, and I was just like, all I know is I want to help people. I didn't know how I was going to help people, Nicole, not at all. I just knew I wanted to. And then I just allowed the universe to show me step by step. It started with simple pulling cards for people. It started with talking about my truth. It started with um, creating a website. It just, it just was this little step, 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 step. And now I'm teaching in a bigger way. That's just how with every level up, there's another level up. You just have to trust. Mm, Yeah. And I think developing that faith and that trust in yourself is so important because that really is what fights and combats that fear, which can so often hold us back from actually fulfilling our purpose and putting ourselves out there like you are so bravely doing. Oh, thank you. I think it comes in down, you know, for some of your listeners, it might be even good for you just very quickly at the end of every day, just ask yourself, did I choose love today or did I choose fear? And then like at the end of seven days, just go, okay, where was I at for the week? Dang, you know, four out of the, the seven days I was choosing fear. Okay. Do then do that for a month. Was I choosing love or was I choosing fear? Dang, 21 days out of the month, I was choosing fear. How am I ever going to align with what's meant for me if I'm choosing fear all the time? I'm not a vibrational match for what I want. Or if you're choosing love, great. Keep doing that. Mm-hmm. I love right. that. Thanks. That's a great exercise. You know, it's something maybe- I had to, I had to do a few years ago and it's really stuck. I teach a lot of uh, women and men around the world that exercise. It's a great little tool. Yeah. So simple, but very powerful for sure. And so what would you say is one thing that you think a lot of highly sensitive people or I guess intuitives or anybody on this ascension and awakening journey misunderstands about it or something maybe you misunderstood about it that you wish you had known earlier? Oh gosh, that's a loaded question. There's a lot there. Um, I would say, I wish I would have trust that the universe had my back more. Um, I really do, uh, feel like that's one of the biggest lessons, trusting in the synchronicities, knowing that you can't make this shit up. Even, even this interview, if someone's listening to this and they're like, I cannot believe this is what I'm hearing right now. Eh, that's because you're supposed to, right. Um, and again, that it can't be rushed and that you have to be perfect. I, that's one, that's a big one. So many people feel like, oh, I'm awakening and I have to become this master of myself. Well, that can't happen in, in a week, certainly can't happen in a year. And it usually takes years to even begin to level up to the version of, you know, I'm constantly working on myself. And so I feel like there's just this illusion of perfectionism, you know, and really it's about you learning how to dance with your shadow and owning your shadow and just learning how to, to integrate with it. Yeah. Yeah. And I know you talk a lot about this idea of integrating the shadow and as well as inner child work. So Mm -hmm. how has inner child work played into the work that you do with your clients? Oh girl, it's everything. So, um, if you're not honoring the inner child, you're not listening to your intuition at all. There's so many times where I will meet men and women who, um, I'll ask them like, well, which, which way do you want to go? Like what, what's the little kid in you saying? And they're like, I don't know. I haven't listened. You know, what do you mean? And 
we do an exercise where I have them focus specifically on what that little kid or that little girl, or that little boy is saying, and boom, they get answers right away. And then they're usually sobbing. I've had grown men sobbing because they realize that they've been ignoring their needs since they were 12 or 15, or because of something dad said or mom said when they were two, you know, whatever the case may be, um, it's been conditioned in their head. And then I start having them honor that. So if you are honoring yourself every single day and you're being true to yourself every single day, you're winning. So a simple exercise, um, would just be simply closing your eyes, taking a nice deep breath, imagining yourself, you know, in nature somewhere or something, and just asking which way now and paying attention to what that little girl or that little boy inside of you is saying, they will answer you. I promise. Um, it may take a minute for you to get clarity on that because they may not trust because you've been ignoring them for so long, but the more you work with them, the more they're going to come through. You just have to honor what that kid is saying. So a lot of people who I work with, I actually end up helping them reparent themselves because um, it's needed. It's necessary. Yeah, for sure. I think we have a lot of adult children walking around who we haven't taken that time to go back and relearn all these things from childhood. And I think it's so easy for us to say like, well, my childhood was great. You know, I had, I had food and water and shelter. I had loving family or X, Y, Z. But the thing is, is that all of us have inner child work to do. All of us have, all of us have wounding. Um, For me, um, just very simply put, my feminine was suppressed very much. So my feminine was suppressed and, um, that was a, that was a, a wounding for me. Uh, there's, there's, we all have trauma and honestly, looking at it from that perspective as well should be able to help us all offer one another more compassion. Because if you really just look at everybody walking around on the street or wherever you are, and you just start seeing them for the 10 year old, the 12 year old, the 15 year old, the 18 year old kid that they really are, it should, it should help. <laughs> yeah. It helps you to have more compassion for yourself as well as uh-huh. others. You know, there's been times where um, I just did this the other day. I was super overwhelmed. I just launched a community, um, the Tuition Tribe, and I was sitting there and I was like, the the technology was crazy. And so at the end of this particular day, it had been quite a day. And I was like, that's it. I'm having macaroni and cheese and I'm watching Moana. And (laughs) it was like, that's what the 12 year old in me wanted to do. I love that honoring your inner child's needs on a literal physical level. And I think that's why, you know, comfort food can really be so comforting because it honors that little child in us. It can, it can, it can get, it can get a little, that's something I would say for um, sensitives. We kind of battle that a little bit because we eat to feel grounded. When we feel full, we feel grounded, right? So that is something that um, if you are wanting to ground your energy more, be very mindful with what you put into your body. Don't eat macaroni and cheese all the time. (laughs) Yeah. And similarly, I'd say a similar thing can happen with exercise. We can get into over-exercising, over-leaning on that eating. And so I think it's important that you have a whole wheelhouse of grounding things like you have so kindly provided in your book. It's just, it's just, it's, I mean, it's just like everything. It's, we're all just working towards balance, right? Yeah. I think finding that balance is so important and really honing in on understanding that you're an energetic being and coming into that energetic alignment, right? And one of the things I love that you talk about is becoming an energetic match for what you're desiring. I think so many of us that are ambitious, we just go, you know, I have the dream, just go and do it. And we don't take that time to fully 
align. So what would you say to those ambitious people? Oh, that's me. What you just described that, you know, and I've really had to learn. um, And this is something for those ambitious people. The slowdown is the level up. It really is. Again, it's all about getting back into your feminine. What what practical steps need to be taken before you can just dive right in? Like there is absolutely no way that I could be teaching at the at the level that I'm teaching now had I not done the footwork over the last three four years. There's just no way. Like I said to you earlier, I was um, that version of me wasn't ready for that. Right. So if you are feeling like you're in what I call slingshot mode, right, you're being held back, ask yourself, okay, what practical steps need to be taken? If this is my ultimate goal, what's the one thing I can do today to get closer to it? What's the one thing I can do tomorrow to get closer to it? So if, for example, like I'll use myself, if I, um, with the divine soul journey, Uh, I knew that one of the practical things I needed to create was a website, right? I knew that I needed uh, a a domain name. I knew that I needed, uh, you know, whatever, whatever it is. I just took the baby steps. And then of course, just like everyone else, I was like, okay, I did everything I'm supposed to do. Like what's up with the divine timing universe? Hello here. Right. But even as I look back at it now, I still wasn't quite an energetic match until I was an energetic match. Right. So trust the process. You know, I know that we hear that so much on the awakening path, but that really is, you know, if you're saying that you are um, wanting abundance, this is another mantra I have in my book. If you say you want abundance, you have to believe you're worthy of it. So if you're saying that you, you know, I want this type of a lifestyle and this type of relationship and this type of money, and this is, are you taking action every day towards that or against that? Are you stuck in a nine to five job that you hate? Do you not believe that you're worthy of making more? Do you not believe that you're worthy of being with somebody who loves you unconditionally? Do you know, what is, what, what are you doing on the daily that actually is a vibrational mismatch for what it is that you're desiring? And again, no judgment. I've been there. I, I, I swear. I, I, <laughs> I feel like I have been through at all. <laughs> um, and so that's where shadow work comes into play and compassion and offering yourself grace for the fact that this place is nothing but a big school. That's all this is. And we're all learning our curriculum and we're all shifting and we're all doing the best that we can. So, you know, yeah, I could go on forever about that. <laughs> yeah, no, but that's key. And just that idea of giving yourself grace, like, ugh, just to sit in that for a moment, because I think so many of us were just so caught up with the the thoughts, like, am I going to be worthy enough? Can I make it? Um, you know, am I even ever going to be a match for this thing? And but you, really and just you, taking- you do. And it's when you let go. It's truly when you let go, you become a match for the very thing you want. And I often teach that to the, to the people who I work with, um, you know, you, the more that you focus on not having the thing that you want, the more you're actually repelling it, right? Because you're trying to control and control is the energy of fear. So the more you are content with where you are and practice gratitude for what's on its way to you, the faster you actually manifest what it is that you're desiring. And oftentimes the version of that person of you to the version of the person of who you're becoming. When you finally get what it is that you're wanting, you go, huh, do I even really want it anymore? And, or do I want something completely different? Cause I've grown so much. Mm, yeah. 
Yeah. And it is such a journey. And it sounds like, you know, you've had your own journey. We're obviously still always on the journey in this earth school, learning all the lessons that we need to learn. And so never ending story. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for real. So what would you say has been the number one secret to your success up to this point? Number one secret to my success. See, and this is something that I feel like I still struggle with because um, I'll be totally transparent. I still don't see myself as successful. And I think that that's um, how ambitious people are. It's like, I'm always wanting to serve more. I'm always wanting to do more. I'm always wanting to grow more and help more people, all that, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, but yesterday, um, I feel like your, your question is so perfect. I hit a milestone for myself, um, yesterday that I set out for myself to hit two years ago. And I didn't even realize that I had hit it until yesterday. And I sat there last night and I was like, wow. And I, I basked in celebrating myself by myself. I didn't tell anyone. I didn't message anyone that I hit this milestone. I didn't like, nobody even knows that I've hit this milestone yet. And it's because me and that little girl are hooked up and her and I are celebrating it. So when it comes to your success or whatever goal you're trying to manifest, be your own goddamn cheerleader because no one else is going to do it for you. And in fact, um, as you rise and as you shift and you know, you may trigger people. Don't listen. Don't listen. Just celebrate yourself. Um, and keep listening to what she needs. That's it. So be quiet. Shh. and party right celebrate that is so important and I know that's something I definitely find myself I I constantly go back into that loop of I've reached this next level but instead of celebrating and seeing how far I've come it's always like well what's the next thing where's the next milestone entrepreneur in you and I think that that's the entrepreneur in all of us who are who are boss babes or solopreneurs light workers you know you I feel like that's a big part of what we're here to unlearn as well is that it's not the final destination because again, with every level up, I feel like I've achieved this one thing. And then the universe throws something else at me and goes, you know, nothing now level up again. Okay. You know, nothing now level up again. So it's like continuing to understand that there are constant level ups. Um, and yeah, I kind of want to go back just really quick. Anybody who is struggling with learning how to invest in themselves, whether it's emotionally, time, financially, anything like that, that has been a big lesson for me as well. I am my best investment. So if you're listening to this and you're struggling with learning how to invest in yourself, um, wherever it is, please understand that you are worthy of, of investing because you really are going to be your best investment. Mm, yeah, that's so true. And I think for a lot of us, we, especially if you are ambitious and you have, you know, the whole fire movement and all these things it's like, well, I should be investing in these assets that are going to make me passive income or X, Y, Z. I have learned that I am my best investment. Mm-hmm. Yes. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. You, you are the only investment that cannot be taken from you. Correct. And your mindset and your energy and your thought patterns and all of that, like you can give that away or you can take back your power and just grow. Right. And so along this lines of having all these different level ups, Mm -hmm. I have a quick question because I think for many of us, 
when we go through those levels up and now we're at this new level, it's easy for us to look back at our old self and be like, oh, why was I like that? Or that was so silly or that was so stupid. And so what would you say to somebody who's like almost overthinking their past self? Again, compassion for the self, grace and going, oh, well, now you know better. So you're doing better. When we know better, we do better. You didn't know better at that time. So again, you have to just go, it's, it's, I mean, would you beat up a three-year-old or a a 10-year-old or a 12-year-old for making a mistake? No, you would look at them and you'd go, you got this. You're doing great. Get back up. Do it again. Come on. You know, you would encourage them. So you've got to learn how to do that for yourself. Because again, if you don't, um, you will get caught up in those thought patterns. And then what we focus on, we manifest. So whenever you have those kind of thoughts or you're beating yourself up and you find yourself, it's okay. I had that thought, but now I'm going to think of three things that I'm grateful for, good at, or that I'm wanting to draw in. It's just a reprogramming that happens. Right. Like you said, all along, like the unlearning and the relearning. Yep. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, we've covered so much in this conversation. Thank you so much, Stephanie. And I have one last final question for you. What is one takeaway or the number one takeaway that you really want listeners to absorb from this conversation? Choose love over fear. Own your power. Don't give your power away. And trust your intuition. I don't care how illogical something seems. Trust. Trust and love over fear. I love that. So good. So where can our listeners connect with you, Stephanie? Sure. So um, my website's just divinesouljourney.net. And um, I think I sent you over a link for a free 30-day spiritual badass journal to just get people started. They can download that at the link that I gave you. Um, and then I'm on Instagram at divine soul journey. I'm not as active over there as I once was, but I'm still there. I'm just kind of focusing on other endeavors, but yeah, just divinesouljourney.net. That's awesome. And I will be sure to link all of that in the episode descriptions that you guys can all go and connect with Stephanie, check her out, check out her books. Her work is seriously amazing. So yeah, thanks so much for joining me, Stephanie. Thank you. I appreciate you. Have a good day. And thank you everyone for listening. If you've made it to this point in the conversation, thank you so much for joining us and for sticking with us through this. I really hope that you've enjoyed it and I would love to hear your takeaways. So please leave a review, reach out to me on Instagram. It really means the world. And don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss any other episodes. We'll see you next time.